Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am honored and excited to have my personal real estate Yoda that has been a coach of mine since 2008, Dayton Trader. Say hi, Dayton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, or good morning. <laughs> yeah, for you and for me, we're in different time zones. I'm in Virginia, you're in Texas, and who knows when everyone will be listening. But this is a treat because I got to meet Dayton. It's a funny story, and I said it on stage, but I said it wrong. So it was a little embarrassing in the end. But I got to meet Dayton, so I went to a, a coaching event, and Dayton was there. There were maybe, I don't know, back then, 50, 75 of us. And, you know, you go around the room. I found out Dayton was a coach. I literally followed him around like a puppy. The entire event was like, tell me this, teach me this, tell me this. And I'm sure he was like, cling on, it's time for you to move on. But I just think that when you find someone that you're like, I need to learn from this person, I want to grow like this person, you connect with them doesn't mean you like, you know, you cling on. But from there, Dayton coached me, you coached me through probably some of the roughest years of my life financially. When I got into this program, I was massively in debt. You know, I was getting letters from the IRS that we intend to levy your assets. Those are not good letters. Some of our first coaching calls were, should I declare bankruptcy? Now, I'm proud that with your help, I worked through it. We came up with a payment plan on business and personal debt. It was some rough years. And this was when 2008, so those of you who were in business then, was not lovely, right? So you coached me through some of the toughest times, and I've gotten some of my best Daytonisms for you, you know, big hat, no cattle, some of these things here in Texas, right, San Antonio, but I've gotten to use some super fun sayings from you, but I know I've thanked you before, but man, I, I think and thank you all the time for, for how you helped me. Well, I, I appreciate that. That's very kind. I remember we met in, in Stone Mountain, Georgia, I think. Yes, we did. And hit it off. And and I whatever I can do for you, I'm happy to help any way I can. You've yeah, been I mean, a great I, student. You're a great student and you were a great coach as well. And you impacted okay. a lot of people and changed a lot of lives. So being able to pay it forward is a really nice thing. And I think that's why we do it, right? I think when you're able to work through things and implement systems and you learn from someone, you want to turn around and and help people from there. And I think a lot of us, I know you and, and me too, is like, I can give back because we right. certainly weren't getting quote unquote rich off our coaching. You know, we actually more on our real estate businesses, but right. it's just a way to get better and, and give back to, to those who have done a huge difference for us. So I was like, Ooh, I get to to interview Dayton. So Dayton has been a realtor for 41 years. He was five years old when he started. It's fantastic. You were with Remax. You've been with EXP in San Antonio for four years. Coaching you started in, I think, 2006, 2007. So one of the things that I think it's important in talking to you is, you know, looking at some of the things that made the biggest difference in your growth, right? You, you're still in 41 years later and crushing it, right? You're just taking them down, which is fantastic. But some of the things that made the biggest difference, what would you say anyone listening right now that you're like, hey, the secret to my longevity is things like what? Well, I haven't, first of all, I had nowhere else to go. I know other skill set. Now, now after 40 years, I've got two degrees and I couldn't make a living in either discipline. <laughs> and so, so I've thoroughly enjoyed the business and the people and the stories. That's the best part of this thing. What What's helped me survive is obviously the mentorship that I've received from a bunch of people, a lot of relationships that I sought out. People were nice to me when I was a nobody and poured into me. 
And I listened and learned and, and sponged up as much as I could. And I was always a seminar junkie. I was a Tommy Hopkins guy and a Zig Ziglar guy. And I loved that stuff and read the books, role played in my car, all the scripts and dialogues and things like that. And was able to finally get to where I could put that into effect. And then finally, it's in, as I got older and started figuring things out, my friends were able to afford a house at that point and things started picking up. And of course, the economy in San Antonio has been pretty fantastic. We as a city, we've doubled in the last 30 years. We're going to double again in the next 30 years. So I'm riding that wave as well. I've got heavily involved with builders and they send me a ton of business. Not everybody has that luxury in other markets. There's just little or no construction or it's pretty well locked up. In San Antonio, we've got all the big boys, the publicly traded production builders, and a lot of local builders. And so we'll build 16,000 plus uh, new homes in San Antonio this year. Last year, it was 21 or 22,000. So we're down a little bit because of the market, but still probably the, I don't know, top four or five markets in the country for new home construction, right? Houston, Austin, Dallas, and maybe a couple of other Sunbelt cities like Phoenix or or Atlanta, but not there's not many people that put up the volume that we do. And so working with builders, obviously they've got to sell. And so being aligned with them, you're kind of halfway home on those deals. In the absence of builders, I would say it's been my industry and non-industry professionals, CPAs, financial planners, relationships that I've cultivated and pursued and gotten involved in their industry organizations and and shown up big and delivered when the opportunity presented itself and build these case studies of, Hey, I helped this guy do this and I helped this guy do this. And, and, and then leveraging that with some, some marketing and so on to kind of tell a story. Yes. And you've done that fantastically well, right? Like amazingly well. Well, I've been, I've been very blessed. I would say we could still do way better, but we're, we're going to, we're doing all right. Santa Claus probably going to make the trip this year. (laughs) Hopefully that's very important. Very important. So, so let's talk about, because I think we all have intentions of, of working, right? We know we need to work with our VIPs. We know we need to do better with these things. We just know it. We don't necessarily do it, right? Like we, we don't follow through it. We hear it over and over and over the importance of VIPs and we, yeah, yeah, that's a one day thing, but you know, CPAs, financial planners and attorneys. So speaking as, you know, realtors, I think a lot of us will say, well, you know, it's impossible. Like it's too hard to meet with them or I just don't know how to do it, right? So let's talk about like, how how did you build that? How do you coach a realtor listening right now or a lender, by the way, because lenders, right. you need to do it too. I want to get in front of some financial planners. So what do I do, Dave? Okay, well, let me. I'm going to flip that on you for just a second and, and okay. I'm going to kind of show you the dessert first. Oh. And so you've got somebody that sends you two or three deals a year, correct? Yeah, oh yeah. Of three to five people that do that? Sure. 10? Yeah. 20? Nope, probably not 20, but a good 10. A good 10 that you can count on year in and year out. They're going to send you one, two, three deals a year. Yes. Okay. I did my census last year on our closings. I had 112 people that sent me 350 deals. <laughs> so that's that. And so, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. And, and so it's, and the, the good, that was the good news. The bad news was that in the two years prior to that, it was almost 200 people that had sent me deals. So somewhere along the way, I lost about 80 people, 80 or 90 people. They either got out of the business or we chainsawed the deal or they transferred their affections elsewhere 
or they're no longer with us, whatever the circumstances were. So I'm, play, I'm kind of playing two sandboxes. One is the 112 where we've had recent success. And these were all, they were not personal deals. These were 112 closed referrals. I mean, I'm 350 closed referrals from 112 people. They were Which not- is the goal, right? No, I mean, yeah. that's for anyone who wants to close that many, by the way, you don't need 900 relationships. You want 112, so. And here's the, here's the why is, if I can get that person that's going to send me two or three deals a year, year in and year out, versus the really nice client that may not move for seven to 10 years. And in that time frame, you probably dropped the ball. They probably met another realtor next door. They go to church with a realtor. Their spouse may have become a realtor in that time frame. And so good luck if you can hang on to that person and get that second and third transaction from them 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But the VIPs and the referral partners that they're not buyers themselves necessarily, but they've got influence over other people. They put their arm around you, endorse you, and say, you go to Marjorie, she's going to take great care of you. Don't argue with her. Do what she says. Thank you. That's Dave. the kind of that's the kind of that's the kind of reference and endorsement we all want. And that's way better than handing out three business cards. There's no value in that. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's key. So so if I'm going to say, okay, Dayton, Yoda, as you're proving again. I need to get in front of financial planners. Give me a give me a script so, for that. So I would I would start with either the one that you have, and if you don't, I would certainly encourage you to get one. And if you don't, I would go to your three or four most influential people that you know that you've got access to, and say, hey, can you help me out? I got challenged by this guy on the radio or whatever whatever medium we're on, and he said, go find the most influential people that I know that would take my call, and you're at the top of my list. And I need to ask you, who's your CPA? Who's your financial planner? And would you mind making a warm introduction for me? And they'll say, yeah, no, I'm kind of busy right now. And they go, okay, they don't want to play the game or there's something else going on. Maybe I want to dig a little deeper or maybe I want to let that one go for a while. But if they say, yeah, as a matter of fact, hang on one second, let me get you connected. And the next thing you know, you got a warm introduction to somebody and you call them and say, hey, we've got a mutual client, Marjorie Adam. She thinks the world of you and I asked her who her go-to CPA was, and she gave me your name. Can I can I buy you a cup? Of I'm a real estate broker. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? I'd like. I'm building my practice out. I'm building out my, my network. And would you be open to that? And then they're going to say yes or no. Don't get your feelings hurt. Don't let that derail you for a week or ten days. Don't wallow in it. Just you're just that much closer to a yes. And you're going to get some no's. You're going to get some doors slammed in your face. You're going to get some people that you thought were reliable. In your in your corner, that eh, just as soon not see you do quite that well. That car is a little flashy. That purse, ah, a little jealous on that vacation, and so they're kind of a passive aggressive. See you as a little bit of a threat, and and or jealous of your success or whatever, and and that's unfortunate, but that's just human nature. But there are plenty of other people that are thrilled to see you prosper. Would love to help you. People like helping other people. Great, most people. They're selfish takers that don't. But generally, my belief is that, you know, hey, can I do you, you know, is there something you could do for me? Absolutely. What can I do for you? That's that's how we built our business for years. Yes. So I get a meeting, right? And mm -hmm. tell me, I'm going to go into this meeting. What am I, what's now we all know the point of a meeting is, but give some successes. Like what are those things I can hope to get out of this meeting? So make a game of it. And the game is to come out of that meeting with either, an engagement, which means they say, you know what, I really wasn't in the market until you walk in the door. But as a matter of fact, 
we are. We were looking at open houses this weekend or whatever. That's an engagement. We're going to sell. We're going to buy. We're thinking about it. We want to rent house. We need something for the kids. That's an engagement. All right. The next thing you could ask for is a referral. Hey, we're not in the market right now, but we just hired this new hotshot and he's coming in from out of town and he needs a really good agent to protect him and represent him and so on. So that's a referral. My, or my sister or my cousin or somebody else. And the third thing you want to get is an introduction. And that would be to their their buddy, their VIP, their financial planner, their CPA, their property and casualty agent, another business owner, another partner in the law firm, somebody like that. So you want to get that introduction. And the last thing you're looking for is what I refer to as a ticket. And that is something I can do for you. Oh, you, you're in the market for a new roof? I got a great roofer. Let me get back to you with that. I, oh, you need, a, you need to update your will and your trust because it's different here in the great Commonwealth of Virginia than it was in another market. Let me get you introduced to my go-to trust attorney who can update all that stuff for you. Because if your will doesn't contemplate the last child or you know what, it's out of date, you haven't taken care of your directives and all that. I'm, I'm 62 now, so I'm talking about medical directives, do not resuscitate. We're just doing all that. I actually, I got to sit here on the side Ooh, of my that's head. fun. Yeah, I know. That's really, hey, baby, let's have a drink. And so <laughs> next thing we're going to do is our pre-need planning at, uh, at the church. And so anyway, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's one of those things. It's not, it's not fun, but you got to do it. Yeah. And so you're uh, getting that, at that engagement and you deliver, deliver at a high level. Yeah. And, so, okay. And now, so now you've earned the right to ask for a referral. Now you've earned the right to come back and say, Hey, I really want to be your go-to guy. I want to make sure I'm number one or number two on your Rolodex for anything that comes up. Let's talk about what that looks like. And I'm going to be a, an extension of your practice. I'm going to reflect well on you. I'm going to protect them. I'm never going to hurt them. I'm never going to let anybody else hurt them. I'm going to bring them back to you in one piece. And, and, and I would never jeopardize this relationship. So I think a lot of people have fear, you know, they get into the meeting and it's, oh, you're nice and I'm great and you're an accountant and, oh, you'd like to see you later, right? And I think we go through all this work and we get a meeting and then maybe we do okay in the meeting. But I think the funny thing is how often, and you know, because gosh, you coach people, it's like, well, I had a meeting and, you know, I just didn't get all their business, which cracks me up, right? Like this, right. this 15 minute, that's going to be this epiphany. They're going to just drop that's everyone they ever knew. That's right. I'm going to roll over and give you everything I got. Yeah. Because you're super cute. So I think that people don't do that, but the biggest mistake is the follow-up, right? So I had a great meeting. I owe you a roofer. So yes, I need to do that. How do you kind of continue that relationship? How do I take it to the next step and not forget all about them, which is what I think most of us do. We make the call, we get a meeting, and then we just- Well, so so begin with the end in mind, the goal of that meeting is to come out with one of those four things. Right. And, and more than one, feel free to exceed your goal at any time. And then you then, and never end a meeting without setting a time and a date for the next meeting. So that's a great question, Marjorie. I'm going to work on that for you. When can I, can I schedule time to come back and, and see you yes. or call you or follow up with you and get that commitment for a follow-up? And, and don't be afraid to ask for it. If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. You got to pursue it. You got to, they don't need you at the moment. It's what they call a latent need. They don't need you the moment. So, so that's when you're really selling. I think there's only two times in our entire career we're actually selling. One is if you're in a competitive listing situation and somebody else poisoned the well at 550 and you know it's a 520 house all day long and you're selling your brand and your experience and your reputation and your credentials and there's no money for second place. That's your selling. And the only other time you're selling is when you're trying to establish this referral relationship when they don't really need you. It's not an immediate need. 
but you want to just keep planting those seeds over and over again and earning that right through through reciprocity, obligation, emotional blackmail is is really underrated. But I mean, you got to you got to be able to take care of people and they know that you're reliable. And if they take a risk on you, that's not going to come back and bite them. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? We go through, we make the call. Well, first we got to make the call. So those that make the call might have a meeting. And then it's like, we sort of have this expectation that, you know, everything in the universe will align and we just move on. I'm just going to call somebody else. And it's like, no, no, no. Like any great relationship, it's sort of like, you know, you didn't go on one date and get married, right? So you didn't just form this deep, again, they don't abandon any realtor they've ever met because they had a 15 minute, you know, latte at Starbucks with you. So part of it is, is, is understanding what their expectations are. And has anybody ever called on them in this way? And they'll say, probably no, no one's ever made a real, a real sales call on me to establish themselves in that regard. Yeah. And, and so, so tell you in the past, you work with a realtor, right? Oh yeah. We knew this guy or my, my folks realtor or whatever, good experience, bad experience. You want to find out and dig a little deeper and find out, oh my God, they were amazing. They checked my kids into school. They met the mover. They staged my, I think, wow, that's, I'm not, they showed us a hundred houses before we bought. Oh, I'm probably not your guy. <laughs> I'm not your guy. If that's your expectation, because how many times have we been very successful selling a house for somebody full price, 102%, you know, 48 hours, all that sort of thing. And you're looking back thinking, okay, you're going to refer me. You love me, right? Well, no, you didn't call me enough. You didn't do that because I didn't ask. That was my ego, not asking, hey, what are your, what are your expectations? My expectation, call me when you got a contract or I want to hear from you every day or five minutes after the agent leaves for feedback. Yep. Well, I'm not going to have feedback in five minutes, but getting an understanding of what their expectations are, because they'll just wear you out if you don't, if yes. you're not up for it. Yeah. If, you're, if you're like me, I'm the Labrador retriever. I mean, I, and I run into a C type person, a disc type person with a C and they want to hold me to the bargain and everything I said, and they don't forget anything and go, wow, darn. <laughs> <laughs> And they're going to be harder to deal with. They were the really nice people. They just, they're just wired differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, yeah. I mean, so, okay. So let's talk about the current market, right? Oh, yeah. The, market. the joy that is the market. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. I think that a lot of people, I mean, look, let's be fair. A lot of struggles right now, fairly, right? I think especially yeah. you've been I, doing I, this a long time. I'm 28 years in. You and I have been through some ebbs and flows and dips. Mm -hmm. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people have left the industry. 50% of realtors, almost 40. I mean, excuse me, 50% of lenders, almost 40% of realtors. There's a lot of fall off. There always is though in an, in an up, you know, a changed yeah. market. So, yeah. but right now, coaching people, talking to our fellow realtors that we are, what do you see right now? The biggest struggles that realtors are going through right now? Well, they don't have a database to rely on. They don't have enough tenure in the industry. They don't have any money in the bank. That, and so that makes it really difficult. I mean, just, there's just no two ways about it. And, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you get more listings? Well, you could, you could call FISBOs and expires, which I wouldn't wish on anybody. Or you go sell houses for about 10 or 15 years and they'll start calling you back. And that's essentially what I did. I worked a lot of buyers. I, nobody's going to list their house with me, but I might trick a buyer into riding along with me and stand next to them when they say, yeah, I'll take this one. Yep. And in 10,000 plus sales, I've never sold a house to somebody they didn't want to buy. So they're, I mean, you're just an overpaid Uber driver at that point, but you got to be diligent about it and be available to them. 
and and then you get paid. And so, but if you put enough buyers in houses, then and you take care of them and follow up with them and stay in the business and stick around long enough, then it'll start to percolate up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, I... get that repeat and referral business. So, okay, so I'm newer, let's say I'm not, but we're talking about this. I don't have enough of a database, right? But mm -hmm. I'm hungry and I'm working and I will do whatever it takes. What do I do now? So my database isn't that strong. What's the next step? How do I hustle? Start with your VIPs. Find the three. I'd start with three because 20 is overwhelming. So let's start with three, maybe five if you're if you're an overachiever and go face to face with those people and say, I've always admired you. I was challenged to meet the most influential people in my life and you're at the top of the list. I want to visit with you about how you got in the widget business and how your widgets are better than anybody else's widgets. And tell me, do you sell them by the pound or the gross? What's, you know, why is your widget different? And let them tell them all about all about themselves because everybody likes the sound of their own voice. And, oh, Marjorie, oh, I'll tell you all about it. And so back in my, you know, whatever. And so you get, get all that, but then you're learning from them and they like you because you listen to them. And, and then you, you keep doing that again and again, and you come out and say, hey, here's what I need. Can you help me out with one of these, one of these four things? Either I can do this for you, whatever you need, or you in the market, do you know anybody that's in the market? Can you introduce me to somebody? Just, just a, a warm introduction. Yeah. So they got to grow their, if the database isn't big enough, they've got to grow their audience. So that's VIPs. That's joining organizations, right? You've got, you can't be this invisible. You got to you know, go network. You got to get out. And I can't I, watch Game of Thrones at home, right? And just nope, binge watch Mrs. Maisel or anything else. You've got a, <laughs> or the morning show. That's really good right now. Anyway, if you go to LinkedIn yeah. and I look at you and I find out all people, any people, there's an intersection between you and me, but I don't really know them. I'm connected with them on LinkedIn, but I don't really know them. I might go to you and say, hey, is there anybody on this list that you actually know? You went to school, you know, you went to this university and I see that there's other attorneys in this town that and go, oh, I was a classmate of hers. She's amazing. He's an idiot. They're really nice. And, and so give them some prompts and help them out a little bit. Who else are you on the board with? It's your favorite charity. Who else? I mean, you got to do your homework in advance. I think too cavalier, too lazy. Just roll in there and think we're going to, we're going to charm them. And, and that's just very, again, that's, that's ego. Yeah. So I think that it's, I mean, the key is, we got to be in front of people like sales or belly to belly in front of people. Our databases are small. It takes longer, right? I mean, again, it's, it's a ramp up business. Like you don't, most people, unless they have this magic lead source, right? Which you could, mm -hmm. you're, you know, a spouse owns a company and everyone in that company mm -hmm. has to work with you. Great. But most of us are not in that position. So it is this, but it's also the ability to make phone calls, right? Well, remember giving you this homework assignment at one point, and that was, you don't go home on Friday until you've got 10 appointments set for next week. Oh, you've done it many times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in that you, your team, whatever, whether it's a buyer, a seller, an escrow, a walkthrough, or a referral partner, you don't go home on Friday till you have 10 appointments set next week. Because if you roll in Monday morning and it's just white space, you don't have time blocked for phone calls. There's no green time. You don't have any appointments set. You're going to starve. Yeah. Pure and simple. But if you roll in there with 10 appointments, three or four of them are going to move, cancel, postpone, whatever. But at least you've got something going into the week. Yeah. And, and activity generates activity. And, and, and But sitting at your desk, and I've been guilty that I got a really nice office. It's really easy to camp out here. I could turn on that TV anytime I want. And, 
and sit down on what you can see in the background. Look, you got some red wine, but my trophy. I got some, yeah, I've got some, yeah, a signed bottle of opus that a bunch of people signed for me. Don't and so it. I can sit here and look at all my memorabilia or pick up the phone or I can get out and see people. And yeah. seeing people is the number one way to build your business. And if you don't have appointments, you're missing out. Yeah. So they've got to do that. And don't you think I know, and you know, that one of the biggest struggles as well in a market like this is mindset. Yep. Mental toughness mindset. I had a, a brother-in-law that was a pharmaceutical rep and he had a kind of a UPS type tablet and he had to have no fewer than nine, no more than 13 appointments a day. The doctor had to sign off on the UPS tablet at a time and date stamped when the appointment was. And, and it was, it was built out such that you couldn't just go to one hospital and see 10 people before lunch and then go play golf. They had to be spread evenly throughout the day. And then every night he would plug it into the modem back in the old, you know, whatever bod modems that we had back then and send it up to the mothership. And it was that kind of accountability. And so, but that's what the job of a sales rep and people, we are sales reps, pure and simple. That's where we get made. And if we do it really, really well, we make a boatload of money. But you got to, if you really want to make, you know, if you want to bump along and do five deals a year and take your family to Disney and drive a nice car, that's one thing. But if you want to, if you want to make a mortgage payment, if you want to build savings in retirement, if you really want to live well, you got to bust your tail in yeah. a commodity business with no barrier to entry. You got to be super intentional about it. You got to gut up and go get it because it, it, it's not going to fall on your lap. Yeah. I mean, agreed. What do you think about, have you revamped at all in the changed market, any of your systems and processes? Nothing, nothing major. I mean, you're pretty, you're dialed in too, but I'm just wondering if there's anything that you've noted. I mean, I've changed up some of my listing presentation in terms of what are, are making more clear our offerings based on different things, but just wondering in terms, I mean, you and I are very systems oriented process. I'm a process guy. I'm not a personality. I'm a process guy. <laughs> and so. Yeah. Uh, so yours are pretty tight. I was just wondering, cause I know a lot of people don't have them. Right? right. So unfortunately, when you hear like, what's your system for contract to close? And it's like, well, I just, you know, it makes it. I'm like, no. Well, you, you can do, and we all know these people that sell two or three houses a month, run around with their hair on fire, sticky notes everywhere. Voicemails always full. Can't ever get a hold of them. If you do, the kids are screaming in the back of the car or they're at the grocery store. And but people like them. They've got gravitational pull. They're attractive in their own way. And people love hanging out with them. You can do that for a while. You can do that for two or three deals a month, but you want to get better than that. If you want to break through that next level, you've got to have systems and processes. You've got to have a pre-listing package. You've got to have a listing checklist. You've got to have a buyer checklist. You've got to have an escrow checklist and you build those out. And if you want to get bigger than that, you got to have leverage and leverage comes from teams doing and underwriting and processing your files. So you can be doing sales where you should be. And it comes from referral partners that send you a couple of deals a year instead of one deal every 10 years. Yeah. So it's really the leverage. And also I would say one thing where both of us can attest to, and we continue to attest to is we have not only accountability partners, but coaches. And I'm talking about from in the morning when I go to the gym and AZ has to, I mean, it's, I just celebrated my 52nd birthday and we realized that I do a birthday workout every year and I've been 48, 49, 50, 51, 52. Oh. And it's brutal. You know, and yeah. you think as I get older, it gets easier. No, 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 it gets harder. No. But it's so, so it's an ultimate accountability partner because if it were just me, I'd be like, Jim's ah, kind of far and I don't know how to use that machine, right? Like it's the same thing I think with 
fitness oh, as it is with your business. We can talk ourselves out of it really, really quickly. And it's hard. It's hot. Sun, sun's in my eyes. Dog ate my homework. It's really easy to kick that can down the road. And but that's that's what super fit people get up. It's somebody like a Phil Puma gets up at five o'clock every morning, all the time, does a boot camp workout, and, and he's shredded. Yeah. Um, and, and and like I said, you have a coach at the gym, but you wouldn't go to a fat coach. So you don't want to go to a broke financial planner or a broke realtor coach or something like that, or somebody yeah. that uh, is a rah-rah guy as opposed to a systems and tactics kind of person. Why do you think that more, when people understand and know that, I mean, it could be the expense, they know they need a coach, but why do people not spend more time searching out accountability partners or coaches? Why do you think that is? They they get into real estate because of the flexibility and and then they get comfortable at a certain income level. And they don't, they don't believe they can do better or they see somebody doing better and they don't believe them. They think, yeah, he's got a lot of plaques, but is he really making any money? And that's and So again, they can talk themselves out of it instead of saying, you know what? I can't, I want, I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to make a hundred grand this year. And I, but here's what it's going to take. I got to gross 200 to make a hundred. If I'm going to gross 200, I got to sell 20 houses. If I'm going to sell 20 houses, I got to do, here's, I got to get so many leads a month. And and really and really engineer reverse engineer that so you know what you're doing and then either you're on track or you're not on track and but if you can get to 100 you can get to 200 you get 200 you can get to 500 if you want you don't have to but but then people ask me all the time and we do 140 150 million in sales we'll do over 400 sides this year but people say well I want to be a hundred million dollar agent okay great well let me tell you what that looks like that looks like you've got $100,000 on the table every day for your operating expenses. So you can make payroll and pay rent and you've got 10 people working for you and, and so on and so on. And oh, I don't want that. Okay, cool. What do you want? Well, I really want to make about 250. Great. Let's talk about that. And, and we'll not chase the plaque or get on the wrong hamster wheel for the wrong reason. Do build your business the way you want it. Not the guy down the hall, not me, not Marjorie. You build your practice the way you want it to look based on your lifestyle and your flexibility and your obligations and your spousal support and all the other things that that contribute to that. Agreed. I think it is knowing because I do think it's like, oh, I want to sell this. right, And it's like, OK, you're willing to commit to this. No. Well, then okay. close your eyes and click your heels. That's just not how it works. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry, 28 years and 40 some years, we should be able to, I mean, don't we earn it at some point? You think, you think it's just, yeah. I mean, one day, don't we get to be like, oh, I made it <laughs> instead of like back to the grind. All right. Oh, so we got back to zero. Well, every January, right? Okay. Like that's what we remember. We coach people were like, your last nice. year was great. Fantastic. Let's do nice. it again. Or it was bad. You restart, right? You know, it's game over. <laughs> Moving exactly. on. Exactly. Come on. So yeah. let's talk. So the lenders are listening to, and by the way, lenders, same thing with you guys. Call reluctance, no database. This is not just, you know, the realtors, you know, skill sets, all of that, like how we're working on everything. So lenders, what, what are you seeing right now from the lenders? You're in San Antonio. You're like one of the biggest realtors there for sure. What, what are you seeing or hearing from the realtors, from the lenders right now? Well, they're, they're, they're scrambling. They really are. And without the refi business and sales purchases are down dramatically and and they're trying to figure out how much overhead they can cut and get away with it and the the really tough guys will slash and burn and figure they can hire them back next year and they'll never look back 
uh, the softer ones will carry them as long as they can. And then they're probably going to realize that I just don't need that many people given. And I think you can take your what you've done since July of 22, the last 12, 13, 14 months, you can just extrapolate that all the way through 24 and run your budget on that. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot better or a whole lot worse, but I think that is pretty indicative of what the next, the fourth quarter and all of 24 looks like. And if it gets really great faster, cool, staff up, hire up, do whatever. But I think you got to circle the wagons right now. And if you pull out your P&Ls or your, or your income report from your broker and it says you're averaging three deals a month, you can want and wish for six a month, but you're a, you're a three deal a month person for the next 16 months. And if you beat it, great. But you're going to have to bust your tail to keep to stay where you are, stay even with what yeah. you've done for the last 12, 14 months. So, OK, so I'm a lender right now. I have mm -hmm. crossed over and I want to meet realtor. I mean, I got to get in front of some realtors, Dayton. Like I, I just don't have enough realtor relationships. I'm going to call Dayton Trader. How's that going to work? Oh, you get my voicemail. OK, and so. <laughs> But I'm now okay. I got to meet him. I am committed to meeting Dayton Schrader. I and more than happy to meet you. The donuts. That's right. We're, we're, you're going to come over and have a cup of coffee and okay. chat. But for lenders, it is is going to open houses and meeting the listing agent or their or their surrogate at the open house. It is calling the listing agent on every deal every week so that you give them an update on what's going on and you close on time and then you've earned the right for a cup of coffee. Hey. You know, I told you we were going to close this at the end of the month. I brought it in on time. Numbers were right. And that, that hopefully, hopefully people will be open enough to say, yeah, okay, you earned a cup of coffee. That's let's go. And then and they're now too egotistical about, well, yeah, but, and so, so those, those are the two. And then the, the realtors that you do have in your stable, you've got to ask them for a buddy lunch with one of their colleagues, somebody down the hall, that's not a drama queen, but a really good agent that is open and receptive to a good relationship with a credible lender. And those are three right out of the box tactics to go do that. So buddy lunch, the open houses on Saturday or Sunday, the calling the listing agent. I know you have, cause I know some of the people you have 20 and 30 year relationships with your lenders. Yes. How would you say why, How, why have you stayed with them? Shared values, shared sacrifice in some instances, I've done personal deals for them. They've done personal loans for me. We were involved in organizations together that we both subscribe to. And so those are the things that survive a long, long time. Yeah. And so you, so I'm just trying to point that out too, because I do think that there are times and look, lenders, I'm I'm calling you out, realtors are the same. We all as business people, but there are times I feel like you can have a tight relationship with a lender refi boom happens, whatever it is. It's like, you know, it's, it's sort of like they disappear a little bit and then they'll come back, but your, oh, yeah. people, your people stay pretty, you know, pretty tight with you. You don't notice the, I don't need you right now so much scenario. No, the ones that are, the ones that are good and, and tenured are like that. I had, did have a guy in the past though, that was a good guy, fun guy to hang out with, fun guy to play golf with. But when he got a hot hand, it was, I'm going to do, here's my protege. He's going to take care of you. And yeah. then he'd drop the ball, he'd screw up, and the guy would come back and say, oh, I'm going to take care of you. I'm personally going to handle you until he handed me off again. And I fell for it, I don't know, two or three times. 
and then eventually thought, you know what, that's just not not what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the relationship with you is the right. I mean, I think if you're in relationship, true relationship with someone, it doesn't mean someone can't follow up and say, hey, you know, if I'm if I'm your lender's assistant, I can't say, hey, Dayton, Steve wants to have lunch with you or I'm going to reach out to your assistant. But but I do think if the relationship is there, there's a way to maintain it, just like any other system. Right. Right. It is. I got to call you once a month. I got to, you know, we got to have lunch once a quarter, whatever it is. And yes, it is systematized because we all get busy. Yeah. Got to schmooze me a little bit. Not a lot. I don't. Yeah. You don't have to take me to the Spurs game. You don't have to buy me. But can't they? Can they? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt my feelings, but that's not a condition <laughs> of doing business. What I want from yeah. my lenders, close yeah. on time, bad news first, make me look good, make me look smart, educate me, teach me about VA, Texas Vet, new programs, things like that. Right. But it isn't the golf, the, the sleeve of, I don't play golf enough to know like the really good golf balls, but you know, or the Opus one, which, you know, I know you are. Well, now that's different. One. Now that's, that's, that's different. <laughs> a, a sleeve of pro V ones versus a bottle of Opus. Yeah. Uh, and so. All right. So they get a meeting. So what all the lenders in San Antonio are hearing right now, if you want to meet with Dayton, Opus one, will get you in the door. <laughs> I mean, we joke and and I think that is a lot of people think, oh, I sent them stuff. And I, I think you can send a thoughtful thing like a book. We're both big readers. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think sending a book saying, hey, this this helped my or I really I thought of you. I know you're a reader. That's great. I don't think it doesn't need to be Opus One. You know, it doesn't need to be, you know, a big Star I, Wars Lego. They're expensive, too. Give away. Just to be clear, any any Napa cab. But <laughs> but. I give away a lot of books. I have probably 20 copies of the go-giver yes, in, my, in my cabinet. And I, and uh, if I think it's a good fit for that person, I'll give them a book. I've got probably give away a hundred books a year, maybe more. And, and, and people, and I get books, people give, which me I books. think is, I love that too. And I think again, yeah. it's, then, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm looking to learn and grow. I want positivity. We want that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that someone who says, Hey, this is a great book. Even if I've read it, like I love Go Giver, Go Giver Sells More is a good one too. But right. I think you kind of connect with people who are always looking to learn more and you know work through this market. I want right. someone who's going to like march alongside of me and give me you know that positive like let's go and let's get it all done versus the sky is falling and the market sucks. Well, I'll tell you what, if I give you that book and you come back a week later and said I read it, thank you very much. Now, now we can talk. But if I give you that book and you, I never see you again, don't, don't call me in six months. That's not going to, yep. back, you're back at the end of the line again. Yeah. I mean, so, I think that's, that's, again, it's, you know, relationship building, right? I think right. it's, it's something we need to pay attention to this market or any market. Look, this, this market's tougher. You know, I was saying before we started recording, I mean, look, joke all the time. It feels like December 98th. It does. It's been a long year, right? It's been. Yeah. Every day is a grind, but it's like we can choose how we we can choose how we face it and we can choose the attitude, right? I can I cannot control the market, but man, I can control how I how I, you know, what I put in my brain and how I process That's it. all you can control your attitude, your energy, and your effort. And energy and effort is essentially the same. But I mean, your attitude and your effort is about all you do have control of. You can't help interest rates, inventory, whether the buyer really wants that house or not where the seller's really motivated. So you don't have control over any of that. Agreed. It is just your your attitude and your energy. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's, I would tell you that your coaching, your ability to help people, your connection to people is why you've done this so long so well. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I've been been very blessed. Well, yeah, you're the one of the hardest working blessed person. Just saying <laughs> you are blessed, but man, you're a worker. So I know this just 
I got to be on, so I got to be coached by Dayton. Then I got to be on a coaching call with Dayton and just, no, I did not win that call, but I learned a ton. And one thing is you're a grinder. And I think you've got to be, you're a grinder who, who takes time and enjoys your life, right? And is right. with your family, but you've done it a long time and no part of you have said, you know, hey, I've done this so long. I've earned this ability to coast. No, I, I show, I showed a lot of Saturdays and Sundays. I show in a lot of seven o'clock listing appointments for years and years and, and still do. I mean, I still go on a lot of listing appointments. Don't work quite as many buyers. You've anymore. earned it, Dayton. You're an OG. <laughs> you earned it. And again, I mean, like I said, I, I thank you because for so many things, but like, I mean, guys, I mean it, like I would be crying every day and I'd call Dayton and go, okay, let's, let's rate your debts down. We're going to work through it this way. And I think it took me four years to really battle through all of it. You're going to call uh, the IRS. You were going to pretty impressive because you had a lot of things going on. Money was just one of them. Yeah. yeah so, but I, the, way you, the way you managed through all of that. But if you seek, right, you, you need help and you seek help and then you take the advice of help. Like we don't, a lot of us need help and we might look for the help and then we ignore the help. Right. Or, or we don't want to admit that we need it. We will. I can do it myself. I'm going to. And, and a lot of us are that we're brought up that way. Don't show any weakness. Don't ask for help. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And that's that sounds great. Those are great platitudes. But we all need somebody and at some point. And and so being a little more vulnerable and saying, hey, I'm really not very good. I'm pretty good at this, but I'm really not good at this. Help me. Help me get better at whatever. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest key. Everyone is like right now, if you can be honest with yourself and say, okay, I'm struggling with this. I need help with this and and do something about it. Right. Versus lamenting it and just woe is me it in front of Game of Thrones. I'm not picking on Game of Thrones, actually. I'm sure that's a good show, but. But I'll tell you what, it, that's the beauty of coaching because you can be a lot more transparent and vulnerable. You're not going to go down the hall because your friendly, your friendly colleague down the hall just as soon see you fall flat on your face. They're jealous of your success. Your broker can barely keep the lights on. They're scrambling. So yeah, they could help you, but they're busy trying to do their own thing. For competitors that you respect would just as soon as you get out of the business. So you can't, you can't go to them and say, I'm really struggling with my staff. I've got this issue. I got that issue. You've got nowhere to go until you're in some other organization where you can talk to somebody a hundred miles away and, and be transparent, be vulnerable, and that they're willing to help you. Well, they've been through it. Right. Like you've been the growth of, I mean, you're 40 years in, you've started with, you know, a few sales. Now you're crushing it, but you can absolutely know, go on listing appointments. You might not show as many buyers now, but you've done it for years. You've been in the business, you grind the business. So I think finding those people that say, here's what to do, but then you do it. Right. I think the implementation is the biggest thing, right? You've right. got to actually, and you for 40 some years have implemented, right? You've learned, you've coached, you've given, you've worked, but you've implemented Sometimes sooner, sometimes later, but eventually. <laughs> we're all the same. I mean, come on. If we had all, if we were all master, like implementer year one, right? We would, we would be running the world. But, right. you know, again, you have a million things going on. You are a joy to me. Thank you for sharing. If people can just listen and say, all right, I got to, I got to listen to them. I've got to do better with my relationships, right? I've got to take better care of my VIPs. I've got to understand who needs me right now, right? Who's Who needs realtors? Who's moving? How do I get in front of them? You know, we're going to get through this market. We're going to thrive. And, and those who don't innovate or change or change attitudes and effort won't. And that's a sad thing, but I think we can't want it more than they do, right? We can help no. them, but I can't want your success more than you want your success. Right. That's exactly right. So, all right. Well, now I want you to go golf and drink some Opus One. Thank you. And can I do a shameless plug? 
please. Abby, if anybody needs anything in San Antonio, Texas, oh. by all means, please, please call me. I'd be happy to help. I'm pretty easy to find. Yes, well, we're going to put in the show notes. Your info okay. will be in the show notes, Dave. Very good. Cool. Yes, and I can attest to it. You got to go work with him. He's a genius. And also, he says he's not so funny. He's hilarious. So you get to if you get the pleasure of having a glass of wine with him, you will crack up, I can assure you. Well, Thank you, Dave. Thank you, you for bet. joining me. Great to see you. Great to visit with you. I'm thrilled for you. Thanks for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. You too. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLS Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.